0: This week, we talked to Chris Penn, founder of Birch, about the emotional highs and lows of the pandemic, whether ethical choices really do cost more, and the risk of devaluing a business through not engaging with ESG credentials. We also consider optimum window cleaning methods and whether zebras would make the school run more fun. No zebras were harmed in the making of this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of New Tricks, which is the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. Today, Monday the 7th of February, no less, um, which is irrelevant because that's not when you'll be listening to it. It'll go out later this week. Today we are joined by Chris Penn, who is the founder of Birch. Chris, welcome to New Tricks. How are you?
1: Thanks, Emily. Um, Yeah, um, I am good, thank you. It's Monday, but other than that, I'm fine.
0: Delightful weekend?
1: Uh, the weekend was good. Um, the weekend was relatively relaxing apart from a half marathon yesterday morning. Um, but but no, it was a nice weekend. Thank you.
0: I'm pleased to hear it. Well, well done on your half marathon success. Where were you running the half marathon? Um,
1: to confirm, I did not say it was a success. Um, that was your words, but um, I'll take that. Um, it was Watford half marathon.
0: Oh, charming place to do a half marathon. Catherine, have you done any half marathons this weekend? Not this weekend, No.
2: So, I did, I did run 6.4 kilometres this morning, but a good amount of that was me regretting having bought a non branded uh, Lightning EarPods,
0: which then stopped working and became very frustrating. Nightmare. Did you have to then dick around with the EarPods whilst you were attempting to run, or did you just. Abort no, I walked the along. Okay. <laughs> Supported the run. I walked along and then they did work, but I don't know why.
2: So, oh. that doesn't help.
0: You've got love a of bit technology, haven't you? Um, Chris, how's your pandemic been? What's you been doing?
1: Uh, has my pandemic been one word? Awful. Um, two words: worse than awful. But that's three words. Um, it, it's been a nightmare. I've hated it. I've hated the impact that it's had on everything that I was trying to build, plus my own um, emotions, and um, also the the impact it's had on human relationships and general kind of. I guess hospitality and um people wanting to be with people and and I still think that that the legacy of that exists with some people that then have been materially impacted mentally by the the goings on in the last few years.
0: I think that's um yeah pretty sort of succinct way of describing it one we can all get on board with. However, you did launch a business as did we during a pandemic, but enough about us. Tell us about the business that you launched in the pandemic.
1: Yeah, so I launched uh, Birch, which to um, all intents and purposes is, a, is an escape for um, people that live in cities to enjoy all of the wonderful things that they're accustomed to in cities with respect to food, entertainment, wellness, arts, um, but outside of London in a very natural environment um, and as we grow outside of other cities as well. But, um First and foremost, outside of London, and and we launched that. Well, we were due to launch that on April the second in 2020, and we were forced to lock down two weeks before we were due to open. And the story goes that basically, we then were able to launch for two and a half months with significant restrictions in August, um, and then. Yeah, we were forced to shut again two and a half months later and have been on a, a journey of open, shut, open, shut now for 18 months, which isn't particularly easy for a new business. But we're very proud of what it is that we've created. And um, someone just walked in just to make a lovely door noise in the background, which is always um, super helpful. So I hope you hope you enjoyed that door noise because it was actually one of the nicest door noises I've heard for a week or so.
0: We we were I think we were all collectively very much enjoying that door noise, and it does just, just go to show that you're um that you're in a, with real real people in the real world.
1: Yeah, but was it was it a metal door or was it a wooden door? I think that's the question. I think
0: it was a wooden door. Correct
1: what you you, you pass that yeah,
2: that was what that was why I plugged it in and lump hammers so
0: we're having such an audio sensory experience today. I hope everyone is is uh, is hugely enjoying that. Chris, were there any benefits of stay with me here? Were there any benefits of um launching a business at that time? I wonder as you were describing it I was thinking is this sort of like was it sort of like a soft launch as in opening bits and then you could you could you could kind of close them and reassess and tweak things was there any benefit at all was it or was it all just ghastly and you wanted to get up and going and i'm trying to you know trying to find a positive in it is
1: yeah you're trying you're trying to put a positive spin on something that was that was very negative and i i I came across very negatively about and there are many positive things about the fact that a we've survived as a business um when everything was against us and and b we've created something which people seem to hold in high Desire and there's good demand for, and um, therefore there's hopefully good future success for. But I think, I think the reality of that, Emily, is if we, if, if cash wasn't an issue, it would have been fine. But let's be realistic. We run a business and we need cash. And to keep people alive, you need cash. And to keep a business secure and an asset secure, you need cash. And then to reopen a business and train people, you need cash and it, yeah and and so so it would be naive to think that that the the reality of what we've been through is resoundingly positive in the fact that cash was a problem from the start, because we could never have possibly underwritten in our business that two weeks before we were open we'd be shut. And then we would be forced to shut numerous times in our first 18 months. Because if we wrote a business plan that said in the first 18 months, you will shut more than you open. And when you do eventually open, you'll be forced to shut very quickly thereafter. I think it's likely that our investors wouldn't have backed us.
2: How did they take it when you did, because it's, all, it's not been all very well for the rest of the sector and they've got years of previous trading data to, to throw around the place. So how do you stand up something that hasn't had a chance to stand up yet?
1: I think, I think the only way that it did um, get the support that it required financially to eventually open and then get through what was essentially kind of two prolonged lockdowns with a short lockdown in the middle um was that we created a business that was very different um, for consumers that uh really kind of bought into the story and the vision that we had created. And because we had luckily had enough opportunity in the three months before we were forced to shut and never open, because we'd had enough time then to kind of test the water with consumers, and we got a lot of traction in that point. I think everybody could see through the issues of the, um, the short term and how actually the business was something that not only could endure that, but could potentially be a very positive business thereafter. And arguably, and one of the positives that could come from a pandemic is because it changed people's perspective around how they live, how they work, the relationship between work and live and the relationship between where they live and their their emotions and their community that actually the relevance of birch arguably could be more prominent for more people off the back of coming out of pandemics than we even imagined it could have been beforehand so i think i think that's 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 a big reason for then people to get behind it and hopefully cuz Actually, we, we created something that was was built from the heart and, and very ethically motivated. And, and I think that creates loyalty from lots of people to try and support it as well through very difficult times.
0: And for all the horrors, actually, what you've created, t- I know, I'm going to use the word ticks all the boxes because it's really lazy, but all the things that have come out of the pandemic, the, the community, the sustainability, locally sourced produce, just the, con- the connection you were that was in the birch business plan way before there was a pandemic right
1: yeah yeah the, the the intent was always to create a business that could be as circular as is um possible with it being a commercial business um and and we wanted to we want to avoid words like sustainability um and so so we just we built the business on a three-word phrase which was give a shit. Um, and, and, and then we said, if we, if we build the business with, with always coming back to that phrase, whether it's about your consumers, about, um, the environment, about the, the, the physical assets, about the people, about, um, about our procurement choices, then if you're, if you're constantly going back to that idea of, well, give a shit about the choices you make in all of those things, then it will be inherently sustainable because, um, it it will just continue to question whether it's doing the right thing in all of those places, and actually, that's incredibly relevant to how um, how society wants businesses to be now, and and so hopefully that's that's helped us.
0: Um, what are the what are your plans for the ex- development development expansion of Birch? Uh,
1: so I would say. So we've always intended Birch to be um, around key cities and maybe to have two or three around the main cities, but starting in the UK and then moving abroad. We're 18 months behind where we had hoped to be for all of those reasons that we've spoken about um, and the the horrible C word. and um, And that has... Frustrated us in terms of where we think Birch could be now but we have just secured our second site so we will be launching a second Birch over the next 12 months or so um, and then we are looking for more sites both around London but also then um, into other cities both in the UK and in Europe so hopefully, hopefully in five years time Birch will be kind of three or four in the UK maybe a Maybe a nice seaside um, town in the UK as well, and do a bit of a slightly different take on birch, um, and then outside a couple of major European cities as well.
0: Marvelous! Congratulations on your second site. Can you tell us where it is?
1: Uh, I can tell you that it's south of London, um, and it uh, is not. It's not outside the M25. Um, and it is within uh, within very close proximity to London, but it's south of London. There you go. Okay. There you go. That's
0: so so, it's south- it, so it's okay.
1: basically I've given you the very specific area that it is. I mean, it's south of London. Don't you know where that is? <laughs> okay. um, it's. Oh, have you got your map in front of you, Emily? So I'll, I'll do a really good podcast thing. It's there. Do you see that on the map?
0: Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, got there. it. Brilliant. There you go. Yeah. yeah, as we were saying, audio sensory galore yeah. today. Really, yeah. really is. Really yeah. gets the
1: senses really. going.
0: Um, well, that's congratulations. That is very exciting news. Um, can we ask you a little bit about? Steal hotels because you're not you're not just a, a, a one horse zebra um you have m- many um i was reading all about lady how do you pronounce her surname muir i guess
1: however you want i mean she wouldn't have cared but um i'd say no Mure.
0: she wouldn't Muir. and um so this is the lady who inhabited the building that is now birch and had zebras drawing her carriage and she just sounds like if you wanted to go out on the piss with anyone it would be her yeah very much sure. so um, so, uh, as well as Bert and its, uh, concept and development, tell us a bit about steel, what it is, um, in concept and then also where you are with the expansion, with the, with the concept of that, please.
1: Yeah. So steel is, um, steel is very specifically, um, rooted in the, the dynamics of how the sports industry helps to enable people to perform at their best ability, best ability, through mental and physical interventions um, that look at the whole of the the needs of a human to to perform. Um, And we've been working on that for five years um, and, you know, you and I have spoken about it in the past. And um, we still feel that there's a huge opportunity um, for both a city-focused hotel brand that looks at mental and physical needs and enables people to live... Better as they travel around the world, um, and we've had we've had many sites that we've come so close to over the last five years, and just not quite been able to get kind of investor brand and real estate to kind of align perfectly. Um, and we we built Birch um, off the back of finding a real estate class that didn't work for Steel, but needed a different um, concept in order to materialise. Um, an opportunity in that kind of real estate so we had to kind of move sideways as we tried to build our business otherwise you'd never you'd never get going but steel is something where we still think there's a, a major opportunity for a sports resort in the UK and also um, a city-based uh, performance and, and wellness brand um, but it, it you know we our attention um, is on building Birch and, and really delivering on what birch is, and obviously we've lost, as I said, around 18 months on where we wanted to be at this stage with birch. But It's a very exciting um, proposition, and, and one which which takes a lot of our time. Steel will come to life, but it will be uh, more opportunistic in terms of when that comes and how it comes. Um, you know, we 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 think that it it, it will it will um be born over the next few years, but quite when and in what piece of real estate real estate weather resort or city centre, let's see. But um we have plenty to do in terms of building kind of what we want Birch to be um and kind of righting the, the wrongs of the last 18 months from the pandemic, but then also then building our growth as well.
0: Does the um we look forward to hearing the development all about the development of steel. Do does the, the um membership element of birch was that always something that uh you had in place? Or did that how did that come to be? And the reason I ask is because on last week's podcast we were talking to uh Karen Freeb of Bird and Bird Fame, and she mentioned that um The membership model bit was um, she saw a lot of um, success in that, very positive, that sort of exclusive. But I I don't think it's because it's exclusive. I think it's more exactly as it says on the tin, the sense of membership. But she could really see that uh, thriving. So was that a conscious decision or was that part of the concept?
1: Yeah, it wasn't an unconscious decision, i.e. we didn't um, kind of fall asleep one day and then... We woke up the next morning, and a load of members had come on our doorstep, and we we had no idea that was going to happen. Shit! What are um, we going to do with that? Uh, so, so it was definitely a conscious decision, but I think what you're saying is, was it was it always the intention, much like being ethical and everything else, or was it as a result of changing consumer behaviours as part of a pandemic? No, it was always our intent to to build a business that had diverse income streams, but also a community and. And I think the, the, the membership model that you were referencing, you, you were referencing kind of words like exclusivity and then kind of you stepped back away from that and, and didn't use that word. Um, but, but what we would say is I think people like the idea of community. We love the idea of community. We love the idea of people growing with us and um, us having an impact, a longer um, impact on people's lives and so the more time they spend with you the more chance there is that you're a positive impact on kind of their life or their family's life um, or their friends lives so so we thought that it would always be a, an important part of what Birch was to create a growing community that would have a sense of belonging but also a sense of um, connection to you but also the assets that we have and then each other. And and actually, um, yeah, that, that has proven then to be a very good business model in terms of having uh, differentiated revenue streams that kind of work in different ways across a year, um, as well as just also finding great human connection with having so many people attached to the business as well.
0: Um, talking of people... We're in a bit of a pickle in terms of staffing in the sector, but also just generally. Um how do we fix it? I just start with a reasonable. Really wow.
1: yeah, yeah, that's 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 a um
0: well, we're 20 minutes in. I think we've you know, we've talked enough around the sort of the light-hearted elements. If we could just if you could solve that staffing apocalypse, um, that'd be great. Yeah,
1: and it's very simple. I mean, it's just the two-stage approach to solving staffing by Chris Pan. Um well, I, I think, I think there's, there's one or two things that make it a problem that continues to be a problem and something that doesn't often get given a solution. Um, and the first is that I think uh, it's such a big problem, right? Because you, you, the way you described it was like this massive problem that's a sector problem or a, like I hear it called an industry problem Um, well, recruiting is pretty hard, right? Whatever you're doing. Um, I I was, I was listening to radio on the way into work today and I heard, um, a recruiting campaign around, um, the reserves like the army reserves. And it's clear that they are on a big recruitment drive because they probably have realized that they've not got enough army reserves and they need to recruit more. So that would make it then a big industry problem for the 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 military um and then i also hear adverts on on the radio and yeah i listen to very commercial radio i'm sorry and i like pop music and all that kind of stuff but don't judge me um and and the, and then they were they were trying to recruit teachers so does that mean that the teaching industry's got a massive problem so does that mean that we make the problem even bigger and we say the world has got a problem in recruitment and chris how do we solve the world's recruitment problem um, i would say recruiting's hard Finding people's hard, but when you find good people and when you find people in the right way, um, things can be absolutely amazing. But what often happens in our sector is we we talk about the problem as this massive problem, and some some businesses take no action because the problem seems too big. So if the problem's too big, then it feels like every action you make is way too small to have an impact. Therefore, the best thing to do is do nothing. So that's not going to help the problem if you take no action, because if you take no action, the problem won't go away, and that's pretty obvious. The second thing is that you blame the sector. So the the other way of dealing with it is you go, well, it's not my problem, it's the sector's problem. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for the industry to change it, even though the industry by its nature is a collection of individuals. So I think the first and foremost best thing that you can do um, in my um, $9.99 a month um, membership model of sign up to my how to solve world recruitment problems, specifically to the hospitality sector, is take some action, um, care about people, try to find good people, but do, do, do all the time. Find new people, talk to people, constantly recruit And understand that if you take action, you can at least solve your problems or have the best chance of solving your problems. And if you start to solve your problems, if you start to be a better employer, if you start to create a better employment brand, you'll start to make the industry look better, even if it's just 0.001% of it. So therefore, the, the sector will start to improve. But the challenges of recruiting people, retaining people, being a good employer, is never going to go away, but it doesn't mean you can't do anything about it. As, and
0: yeah, it was only
1: $9.99 $9 a month for my membership. What a
0: bargain. Sold. What's your most memorable hotel experience? We used to ask people about biscuits and their favourite biscuits, and you're very welcome to answer that question. Um, but we sort of went through all the biscuits um, and our listeners are always at the front of our mind when it comes to questions like this so we so we mixed up a bit so feel free to answer your favorite biscuits or most memorable hotel experience whatever you fancy really uh
1: i don't like hotels so um i'll go for garibaldi
0: what's your view on garibaldi's catherine well i know they're the squash fly biscuit but i'm very pro garibaldi
2: particularly when they get very bendy
1: it's a great texture it's a great flavor um it's not too sweet oh by the by the way um just to just to make um your podcast even more interesting um i now have window cleaners um so it might sound like i'm peeing myself but it's actually a window cleaner that's just come up to the window so so yeah
2: how do your windows cleaner cleaners clean the window if it's going to sound like you're peeing yourself
1: well because the water's dripping so he's he's on um uh, uh He's on windows above me and the water's dripping down. So you might start hearing this drip, which might sound slightly awkward, but I promise you it's a window cleaner.
0: We'll just, we'll skate on past it. And
1: and, Sorry. Yeah. I don't, I don't really like staying in hotels. Um, Don't judge me. Um, But I I did stay somewhere really cool. That was like a lodge in the middle of nowhere. And that was cool. Um, I like, I like staying like cabins and different, different um, experiences. Probably makes me a really bad person to run hotels, but.
0: Well, I was thinking, as you said it, I was pondering the different reasons that you might not like staying in a hotel. I think I have ruined staying in a hotel for my entire family because if we ever go there, I'm constantly judging the whole place, whether that be the fit. Oh, God, I'm worried about the the window cleaning now.
1: It's it's all right. It's on my windows, not your windows, and we're in different locations. No, but
0: I was thinking, as you were talking about the, the, the dripping effect, I, for some reason employed the services of a window cleaner who was on he was on to a good thing until I rumbled him where they have the brush that squirts water through the brush yeah and and then but it's it's to save a ladder I assume there's some sort of health and safety connotation there um, but you, all they do is just squirt this all the oh hello yeah there you go. is that what it's he's like that. doing of course yes and then you just see this sort of puppet-like effect great fun and then they tell you that it's different because the water has been oxidized. There we go. It's not just hotel investment, boys and girls. We can talk to you about the the merits of window cleaning, the different the different methods. Every day is an educational day here. Do you not like staying in hotels because you pick them apart?
1: Uh, I think it's partly that. Yes, yeah, so I can't relax in hotels. Y- you spend years kind of going through learning all of the. Uh, the jobs that there are in in hotels and and when you go through uh and you're kind of in your early days you also learn the shortcuts to your job so that you can finish them quicker um uh, and and then and and so yeah you 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 kind of worry about what's under the bed um what might they not have done um and 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 yeah it just makes you an awful consumer but also because i'm in hotels i hate i i hate um having to tell someone that something's not quite gone right. So then I tend not to say anything because I just feel awkward because I know they're all doing the best that they possibly can. So I'm an awful consumer because I'm I'm overjudging, but then I don't want to say anything. So I'm never really that happy. Um, And if, if you're paying for it, you may as well do things that you enjoy. So I'd much rather take myself out of that and go and stay in slightly different kind of experiences where I'm a bit more relaxed.
0: I can imagine hoteliers of the world just gazing in despair as they see you walking up towards the front door, thinking, "Oh, good."
1: Uh, yeah, but I won't moan about it.
0: So no, exactly. It'd be all right. Yeah. Be all right, um, Catherine. I've I've wittered on. Have you got any pearls of wisdom? Um, questions. Other than oxidised water. Well, the oxidised water was Triumph. Um, do you think
2: with all this sort of responsibility and and brands that are responsible and do right things and give a shit and all that sort of shenanigans, um, well, I was say, is there a market out there for a really, really shallow brand that doesn't do that, but probably not? And that's probably a niche I, I, I should I think well, they, they may already exist. Yeah, they
1: may already exist, but we obviously won't mention any names.
2: Um, it doesn't feel that way for the investor um these things tend to cost more when you give a shit um i can't help but noticing every time i give a shit it seems to cost um then i give less for shit so you can imagine um, i try to give more of a shit but um is there a way what sort of price point are you pitching at um if you've sort of got three or four sites it seems sustainable how do you make these things sustainable to a hilton to another big company or is that not keeping you awake at night?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, no that that makes sense. Um, I, I think I think it's a bit of a myth that it costs you more. I think that's the that's the easiest reason not to do anything is on the assumption that things cost more um, because because a lot of the investments in things that are more ethical are things that. They might take a bit longer to return, but when they do return, they return far more favorably for a significantly longer period of time. Um, so so good, good procurement decisions often will result in something that lasts significantly longer, which is so much better for, for everyone. Um, I guess the challenge of that is that over the last 15 years, the the investment structures in hotels have gone from owning things for life to owning things for 10 years to owning things for 5 to 7 and so therefore those investment decisions get made I would say the investment structures around um, hotels um, are are changing in the fact that the lenders are starting to really take uh, an opinion on um, uh, ESG credentials and, and often and there are firms out there that will offer better, um, better interest rates and better loan terms for businesses that are investing properly in ESG. And I must emphasise that there's a big element of S in ESG, rather than just E, which everybody seems to focus on. And, and that's where I think that there's also a much clearer and more straightforward way of doing things that don't cost a lot of money by looking at social governance rather than just environmental governance and actually a lot investing in and looking at diversity and and things that you can do with respect to social governance also then have a direct impact on environmental because they're all kind of intertwined um, so I think you can get actually better finance better terms which could make your investment um, more reasonable in any case. Um, and, then the, and then the second thing, and, and there's a big debate around at the moment, is also if you were to sell an asset, actually what is the the positive value that you will get from having a strong ESG business within that asset, and indeed strong ESG credentials on the asset, because there is the belief that over time people won't want to buy businesses that do not have that value, therefore you will devalue your business by not investing it. so I think there are many um, there are many uh reasons now to suggest that even if you do have to invest and there are many things that you don't have to invest in um, that you will you will ultimately spend less over time but also potentially have a higher valued business. So it's a bit like, a bit like investing in good people and having um, high levels of IP in your business. People for a while wouldn't see the importance of that. And then businesses started being, being sold for significant exponential value because of the EQ and the IP from the people in their business. And so I think it's a similar thing that will take a similar, um, shape.
2: So that's great. though. So once once your Marriotts and your Hiltons and everyone are all able to work out that they can afford to do it, and everyone's doing it, how will everyone set themselves apart? But I'm not I'm
1: not sure that matters um, because I think I think with with respect to ESG, it's something that is it, it is a responsibility, and I'm not sure every single thing that we do needs to be a competitive advantage um, so if if we invest in ESG because we wanted to be a competitive advantage I think we're going to probably invest in the wrong things through the wrong eyes that will have the wrong outputs so I think responsibility and ethics are something that are the responsibility of every business owner and it's something that consumers uh, Pay huge um, kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but they they place a lot of value on that in terms of their buying decisions. But if you're doing it for competitive advantage, then you're probably doing it in the wrong in the in the wrong way
0: for the wrong reason. And um, we're hurtling. I don't know how your window clean is doing or how the various construction builders are doing in, well, in Paris, well. but. Would, would they mind if we um, sort of ask Chris the questions that we ask the guests at the end of, or are they going to sort of do a finale? Does, is, there a, is there a domestic finale going on?
1: My window cleaner, my, and he's not my window cleaner, by the way, um, as in um, I don't have a window cleaner that I own, but the window cleaner that happens to be cleaning the windows where I am has now stopped. Um, he's actually left quite a lot of water on the windows um, because he was only using the XYZ3000 that you mentioned where it squirts out the, uh, the water. But um, but I'm all good here.
0: Okay, okay. In which case, I think we might take us to, take us to the end of the show um, by asking the questions that we ask all our guests. So if you are ready, I shall begin at the beginning, which is, when the shutters came up and I had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I did was? Cried. Because of the jabs or because of the emotions?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I really don't don't like like the jabs. Um,
1: Look, uh, I think anybody anybody that's been through the last two years and doesn't feel a huge uh, sense of differing emotions, both through the two years and then also off the back of then kind of. Coming out of lockdowns, um, I think they're lying. Um, and and when you put so much of yourself into a business and you put so much of your life on hold to try and launch things, and then that that's questioned because of lockdowns and pandemics and cash and everything else, I think it's it's natural to expect that your emotions are pretty high and your your, your feelings, are are very fragile. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is emotionally positive to come out of that, but it's also been emotionally damaging and difficult to, to go through it. So, so tears, are, tears, tears are a good thing to allow out. If you are having emotional challenges, whether through joy or through other things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, The best thing about the hotel sector is?
1: Uh, People, personality and individuality, I would say.
0: The hotel sector would be significantly improved if?
1: Ooh, I mean, there's so many answers to that. Um, I (laughs) uh, I would say that the sector would be significantly improved if... A more diverse representation of society ran hotels.
0: That's a good one. We haven't had that answer yet. Oh that yes. Good one. Phew! Well done. Yes. Unique response. Yes. No, you that's that is a yeah. Maybe that would elicit some change. Um what the industry needs now is
1: it, I would say it's twofold. It it needs um it needs repair. Um because because there is a lot of damage done by the last two years, and I think you want to you want to move forward from the legacy of of those challenges and kind of put an end to it and, and move forward but but you've also got to understand that things need repairing because if you don't repair those things, you might be building the future on very fragile um foundations, so I think it needs repair, but then it needs to really really inject itself into the future and try to look forward to be able to create the future of hospitality rather than building the future through the eyes of the past, which I think sometimes we do when the industry is trying to move forward, is we we base all of our decisions on what happened before or happened 10 years ago or 15 years ago, rather than saying, well, actually, the dynamics of society, consumers... It's all changed, so let's build the future for the future. But I think it needs repair as well.
0: Um, and what about uh, final question? What do you think we've learned from all of this?
1: Uh, humans need humans, and zebras, and zebras um, occasionally, um, but not all the time. Zebras, ze- zebras, zebras are good for for many occasions, but equally sometimes zebras are hard to manage and so you don't want them all the time
0: no I think yeah they sort of get in the way of the school run and stuff don't they they, or maybe make that you know a bit more exciting but yeah an everyday school run on a zebra loses impact
1: yeah you just wouldn't want it because like if you're going over a zebra crossing then someone might not be able to see you as well and I think that would be quite dangerous dangerous. so So I think if we think about like doing a risk assessment on this is actually zebras aren't good for the school run so I think no zebras. School run dangerous zebra crossings.
0: Okay. Well, I, at least we've got. I think. I think we're all in agreement, and that's a valuable point and and a fitting one, I think, to end the episode on. Do we all agree? Safety first.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I believe that zebras are the future, but with a risk assessment attached to them when it comes to school runs.
0: Zebras are your place. It's so very pandemic times. Chris, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. And, and to the window cleaner and to the door opener and everyone else that has contributed in making this episode very magical. Um, good luck with everything. Stay in touch. And we look forward to finding out exactly which part of south of London that second Birch site is coming to.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for um, inviting me along. And um, I made it very clear on the map that I showed you where it was. So um, it's just a shame that you can't tell people
0: it is it is my lips are sealed thank you Catherine. thank you paris thank you spuddy thank you the builders thank you emily thank you chris spuddy's been remarkably quiet throughout this is he is he in a in a, in a state of zen
2: oh uh, no he's in he's entranced by the builders so
0: ah okay well there we go right on that note thank you everybody for listening um and join us again next time Cheerio. bye see ya So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently.
2: Until next time.